Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, it seems that despite our uncertain times, and maybe because of them, most people wish to be firm in their positions, and I'm no exception. But unfortunately, each person contradicts or denies their own fundamental positions at times, as life is no absolute straitjacket. Although it does get pretty crazy, haha. In fact, even some aspects of the U.S. Constitution may be reversed by constitutional amendment. So even things that appear cast in stone, so to speak, can be undone. But imagine if every man was an island. What would that be like? Each insists on living according to some system common to himself alone, or herself, or what have you. Each person would immediately become insignificant to everyone else and could only reasonably prepare to die at the slightest sign of some major trouble. Either that or luck would have to come into play. So the person is generally a social being, deriving so much of what can be known and experienced from others in their company and others who came before and passed on knowledge and creations. Though we can make it hideous, much of life and what we create could still be seen as poetic. Some use the soil and labor, others the air or the sea, others the heavens and all of our endeavors have at some points required self-sacrifice and courage. However, of course, there are also times when cowards and miscreants seek to sacrifice others for undue advantage. And that happens far too, far too often in the course of history. This is why over the course of time, human beings have attempted to create general standards as well as some very specific codes of conduct. Of course, in that process, we end up with significant disagreements which inevitably complicate life. Everyone claims to have a live in conscience, and each one seems to require that their own feelings, convictions, and prejudices shall dictate the conduct of the whole species. This is why we need peacemakers and mitigators between different beliefs and cultures, so people might hopefully find some common ground. As of following that very sentence and sentiment, King Ahsoka, a patron of Buddhism, had once said, Quote, acting thus, we contribute to the process of our creed by serving others. Acting otherwise, we harm our own faith, bringing discredit upon the others. He who exalts his own belief, discrediting all others, does so surely to obey his religion with the intention of making a display of it. But behaving thus, he gives it the hardest blows. And for this reason, concord is good only insofar as all listen to each other's creeds and love to listen to them. It is the desire of the king, dear to the gods, that all creeds be illuminated and they profess pure doctrines. So that was a call for people to find common ground. Yes, it was enough of a phenomenon even way back then that people were talking about it. You can see how often this 
uh, human experience has degenerated, however. From these observations, which I am a little ashamed to admit are such poor ones, I can already guess what will be the outcome of some of our quarrels and without being on the front lines. Since everyone stands in complete separation from the others at times and considers himself or herself so absolutely superior to the rest that they imagine themselves above any criticism, those who are most right will only irritate each other and achieve nothing or very little improvement at best. The radical or the bold reformer who tends to wish to throw overboard much of the old system, being always forced to stand in opposition to orthodox or orthodox priestly defenders of tradition, will always have to defend his or herself against accusations of being a naive, wild-eyed dreamer or a utopian or a danger. And of course, sometimes they are. You know, if you're trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater, sometimes that is a rather extreme proposition. Meanwhile, the staunch traditionalist will seem like an outdated, irrelevant, uh, old fuddy-duddy, and probably cruel and mindless as a conformist with a mind shut off to new information. Their way may provide a sense of security, but it will often be false and may also lead to further conflict against countercultural values, in addition to conformity often enough resulting in stagnation, death, and destruction. In other words, the willful, dogmatic, coerced conformity to a code of law and order will often create its own rebels by being too strict. Forced order easily lends itself to chaos, as life rarely perfectly follows the rules, and even those who actively wish to conform inevitably are exposed as hypocrites and as failing to perfectly embody their own status quo values. You know, people fail. Sometimes they do the wrong thing. They say the wrong thing. They even commit criminal acts. And uh, that's s sort of inevitable in the human experience if history is any sort of guide. We know that's going to happen, even under the best of circumstances, because if nothing else, you have people who uh, deviate from the norm due to mental illness or, or whatever. You know, things are just never going to be perfect. Um, the pattern has firmly established itself since people were able to establish any traditions. While not all disagreements are equally as destructive, Many of them will culminate into something ugly, perhaps even a full-on conflagration, or there will be a perpetual danger of that happening. We have seen full-blown world wars and still have not learned their lessons. As I craft these words, in fact, many in the world seem keen on re-establishing fascist ideology, seemingly forgetting how that turned out the last time. Recall Adolf Hitler, the supposedly almighty ruler of Germany, reduced to pathetically hiding in a bunker, ultimately committing suicide. His self-murder perhaps the perfect symbol of the destructive nature of fascism itself, as well as authoritarianism overall. And yes, 
the Holocaust was one of the worst crimes in human history, but it's equally important to note how fascism essentially made its adherents' sole life's mission into the creation of and attack against enemies both new and old, both foreign and domestic. It really became what life was about. The way of the conqueror tried to conquer all, turning practically the entire world against the mad dictator, which was really the world's only sane reaction. Unfortunately, it's also true that in order to combat authoritarianism, one often will have to basically become authoritarian oneself. So it does become a danger that if you not if you want to fight a danger, you have to become dangerous. When a social force has your destruction as its only aim, you either accept it and be destroyed or potentially destroyed, or you find your fighting impulse, or you flee to any safe haven that you can find. Those are really the main options under some sort of authoritarian design. And that is what so much comes down to, really, the fight-or-flight response, or that simplest instinct upon which all social life is actually built, as strange as that may seem if we cut to the core of it all. Speaking personally, I do not hope to fight in any possible war in the future, especially as I age more each year anyway. Hell, I each, or I age each day, hour, minute, and second. As much as I like to be a macho tough guy, I know I would never be the world's greatest soldier or anything like that. I also know life is not an action movie, and if people kill and die for their ideology, they kill and die for real. It's not a movie, it's not a video game, it's not even a rousing story. Life happens outside of, you know, our cultural trappings. You cannot hit the backspace or the undo button on such final behavior, which is something a lot of modern-day keyboard warriors seem to forget. On that note, we all know that if a lot of tough-talking people online met us in person, they would actually chicken out. You know, it's a proven fact that people are not always as tough as they make themselves out to be. It's very much like motorists who might shout at me or even throw things at me from their vehicles as I'm walking as a pedestrian. The vast majority of them would never have the courage to face me after their rudeness. They speed off thinking they pulled some brilliant prank and they don't stop and address me face to face because they know there's a chance I could potentially punch them in the face or do worse. That's not to say I'm a violent person, but these people are cowards. And, you know, that's a very common thing uh, with these uh, sort of extremist elements. Or they will outnumber you. You might be a single individual, but they'll have like two, three, four, five, maybe a dozen people there. Because, again, they're cowards. That is their idea of winning. They have no... Uh, sense of good sportsmanship or honor or a fair fight. And uh, that's really how such people ultimately will end up taking control of a society. They gang up on the innocent 
and they have no remorse for the victims. And in fact, due to their extremist ideology, they're always seeking to create more victims. Even if they eliminate one group, well, that's just a reason to create a new group to go after in the divide and conquer nature of power. The semi-anonymous safety of that car that I mentioned gives the motorist who's a bully the boldness to make the wrong choice, sort of like the semi-anonymous safety of the internet makes us bolder with how we address and condemn others. That's not to say everyone who does this is the worst villain on earth. I mean, we all bicker online. I think we can all be bullies. We can also all be bullied into being bullies. But at the end of the day, that is ultimately how the political system also functions. It's really networks of competing bullies striving to dominate the media, the uh, cultural centers, and the national dialogue, if you will. On that note, it can be very tough to know how to regard people who have extremist beliefs that I disagree with, who might lie about me, along with other segments of the population they are convinced are bad. And it has gotten so ridiculous that entire professions are being viciously attacked. Teachers are being called groomers, as if every teacher is out there violating children. Scientists are treated as charlatans and frauds, even if they've spent their entire lives, you know, building up their reputation. And it might be a rock-solid reputation. But hey, here comes some random dummy online who thinks that they've exposed the fraud or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, well, it's not really a new trend, but it always seems kind of new, doesn't it? Like a new and improved wave of charlatans are, are always hitting the markets and, uh, you know, trying to discredit people when actually they're typically discrediting themselves, but they often have audiences of people who applaud them, and uh, those people don't understand who the actual frauds are. While actual charlatans and frauds are treated as if they are the absolute greatest scientists, obviously so some people will... Uh, stop believing in this, the scientific method itself, as well as individual scientists, and a lot of progress will be undone. And we've already seen movements in that direction, as science itself has been vilified, and people have undue mistrust, or distrust, however you want to word that, in the uh, progress of society. And look, on this very podcast, I have examined to what degree I think Ted Kaczynski had a point in one of my episodes. And I think it's important to, you know, look at such views and see to what extent there's some validity there. But that's not to say all skepticism is valid. And obviously, Ted Kaczynski's terrorist activities were not only bad, but they were irrelevant to his worldview in many ways. You know, it was, a, it was a bad thing that he did, or bad things that he did, I should say. 
And uh, really, it's been a very negative thing as far as uh, the, the reputation of, I don't know, environmentalists is concerned that somebody like Ted Kaczynski uh, took it upon himself to engage in terrorist acts in the name of, you know, promoting the, I guess, anti-civilization point of view or, or whatever you want to word it as. But anyway, religions and pseudo-scientific people are flourishing as well as quacks, con men, dupes, and loons. And uh, I hate to say it, but a former president of the United States actually had a Thanksgiving feast with neo-fascist Holocaust deniers. That actually happened. And no, that was no accident. Who accidentally stumbles into a dinner event sitting at the table of a former president and likely frontrunner for that same office in the next election, which, of course, was the highest office in the land? And really, if that somehow was a genuine accident, it's almost as bad as it happening on purpose because it shows a level of incompetence that's almost difficult to even fathom. So as this new year of 2023 continues, I think we will need to remember exactly and especially hard what happened to the last bunch of fascists who tried to take over the world. We failed to learn from some of those lessons from that time, but possibly not equally in every individual case. Some of us do indeed understand what is at stake in the immediate future. We can no longer afford to be nothing but partisan hacks, and not we cannot be authoritarian ideologues, neo-fascists, and theocrats. We go too far down that road and we end up leaving a bigger pile of bodies, perhaps culminating in nuclear fireballs to annihilate life as we know it. And sure, maybe the doomsday apocalypse-seeking true believers have that as their goal, but what will their goal be when their heavenly savior inevitably fails to arrive? That's another question. These are people who willfully never learn and who go out of their way to to dodge important life lessons, including, including key details of history, current events, and basic science. We ignore these people at our, at our peril, but if we pay too much attention to them, in any sense of paying attention, we are still imperiled anyway, so it's really a situation where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But in that scenario, I think the best we can do is spend more time effectively communicating our, ide our ideas to those who may actually listen, we may still have a chance of averting the worst elements of this crisis of various crises. I cannot say failure is not an option, because it always is and always has been. We have failed and will fail again in some soul-crushing and mind-numbing ways. However, maybe we can prevent the next Hitler from acquiring power for himself and the death and despair that will become the fate of so many others, perhaps everyone else. So I hate to uh, 
paints such a dire portrait of the uh, the new year and, of course, of future years. But we need to uh, be serious and be curious and sometimes be furious <laughs> and hopefully not too delirious. So, uh, yeah, 2023, what a hell of a year. <laughs>